What's up, D? What's up? What's up? Here we are again, bro. Monday <laughs> night, 9.03, I believe. That's right. PM. Uh, Play some Charles Bradley. Uh, suiting for the evening, I, uh, I must say. Yeah. yeah, 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 for sure, dog. Um, <laughs> here we are, you know, about to jump off uh, episode three of the Enabler podcast. Episode three. Episode three, man. Yeah, lucky three. <laughs> um, I'm excited, you know what I mean? We've got a little little bit of movement on the download so you know what i mean slowly but surely we, you know we're incrementally growing this and uh i'm excited you know um, and a big thanks and appreciation to all of you that listen it's uh it's very uh it's very it's it's soothing and, and enlightening that everybody's listening and actually giving us feedback just so we, we appreciate that um, you know more than you guys know so just uh, well just, said well said um so yeah, um, another thing, um, if you guys can do us a favor and you guys would be uh, gracious enough to recommend it to anybody that you think might uh, enjoy hearing it, um, so download it, follow us on the Neighbor Podcast on Instagram page and uh, let's keep growing this and uh, soon uh, we plan on doing something where we're going to ask uh, three questions um, <laughs> and the one that gets a little bit more response, we're going to try to base the episode off of that, so yeah. Uh, you know, it's more of a community effort, and uh, we're addressing things that people actually uh, want to discuss. So, um, and just to just to uh, just to piggyback on that, we the guests that we have lined up for the show, um, these are actual real people, real blue collar workers, real real people in the grit. I mean, people that are really in the shit that are out there experiencing what's going on in real time, locally, uh, you know, in the city in LA, and just really giving a real snapshot as to what they feel, what they are going through. I mean, we want to know all that. We want to share all of that with you and then elaborate on that as to what our mission is and what to get across. Beautiful. Uh, it's a beautiful segue. Um, it reminds me of a beautiful quote by Jay-Z on <laughs> in an interview that uh, he did. And he says, everybody wants to emulate the success, but no one wants to emulate the struggle. And I think that's what separates us from the guests that we're going to have on. Uh, usually, um, you know, the way it works is, uh, you know, they have people that are very accomplished already with plenty of accolades, and that's beautiful. But it's nice to hear a perspective of people that are still, you know what I mean, in the grit and uh, still trying to figure things out, uh, whether it be, uh, you know, because they are young or they just haven't found their the rhythm in life um it's it's one of those things so yeah no and these are people i mean success can be a, a million different things to a million different people but the success we're talking about is the kind of success that is addressed or or a, just looked at in culture and, and celebrities and things like that but there's plenty of success in every person everything that goes on every single day there's a kid out there who's established credit, just bought their first car, or maybe they've gotten promoted, or maybe something just life-changing has gone through in their life, and, and they're just having the time of their life. And those events should be celebrated just like anything else, just like a red carpet, having a child. I mean, th these things are monumental, I mean, just huge. But I mean, they're miracles, and they're not celebrated, but it's how we take them on. And it's it's just a big thing that... I think isn't talked about enough is that real struggle. I reminded me of a conversation that we just had with a colleague of ours um, about a week ago, um, and he was talking about how he got promoted to a new position, <laughs> and his supervisor um, has basically done nothing but you know tell him every way he has gone wrong and he has failed um, to uh, you know 
basically produce or execute on whatever um, they have asked them to do. Um, and, you know, so it led me and Dave to conversation that people nowadays that are given positions of authority at work, it's really just the title because some of these people that are in manager positions have no concept of how to develop people and how to develop skills. It's like, okay, I'm, I got a, I'm a supervisor now. Yay. But you know, if you know, it's like, <laughs> like I, I used to laugh at some people because uh, they're <laughs> like, uh, yeah, you know, I, I'm a CEO of my company. I'm like, come on, bro. CEO of your company. You can't even CEO your life. You know what I mean? You can't hire or fire people accordingly. How are you going to CEO a company if you can't even CEO your life? So That's true. And some of these people aren't even, you know, when they're brought onto these positions, some of them it's their first time. Some of them have been forced into them. They've been talked into them because they're, they're, they're void positions. And, you know, companies, companies, companies need to be run. Uh, 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 you know, segments need to be fulfilled. Jobs need to be, you know, filled. And they're going to put whoever there is right now, especially right now. They're going to put whoever. Especially now. We're, yeah. We're in a market where people don't actually want to work. And, uh, you know, they're very satisfied where they were at least. And, you know, in the past couple of years uh, for the government to jump in and uh, take care of them. Um, and so they're, you know, willingly, they willingly give up their liberties and, uh, you know, their rights uh, for, you know, a steady paycheck. And, you know, even if they got a you know, really rough it, they're going to make it work. Um, you know, cheap entertainment is vastly available, so they're going to figure it out. <laughs> they're they're going to go, they're going to go hard on a budget and, you know, Hey, listen, kudos to you, but you know, uh, our narrative is about that. You know what I mean? More than anything, we want to try to, you know, uh, develop people. Um, and in the process, believe it or not, me and Dave are actually developing ourselves because, um, one of my biggest fears has always been, you know, speaking in public. And uh, even though this is not quite that yet, um, I, I'm sure it'll probably change a little bit once we actually start uploading videos and set up our YouTube channel where you could actually uh, put eyes on what we look like and, you know, yeah. what the fuck we're wearing and <laughs> the expressions that we make. And, <laughs> or or well, the setup the setup that we have. You guys saw the setup today we had. I mean, oh, yeah. Laugh. It just, it's um, unbelievable. We got we're, a little feedback about having a echo last time that we recorded here, so... <laughs> We got a little makeshift uh, oh, soundboard gosh, that we made uh, that we made out of cardboard, but you guys can't see it, so. <laughs> but you will man. eventually, eventually. So will. just pretend that we're in a fucking million dollar studio, <laughs> as far as you're concerned. <laughs> oh, uh, but anyway, uh, but yeah, that's just a, a snippet as to what what we've um, you know had our eyes and uh, our minds exposed to, and we are always working every day, even at work. Uh, you know. We have regular jobs just like everybody else. We have different jobs just like everybody else. And we experience those things. And, and we take other people's experiences that we work with. Could be colleagues, could be peers, could be customers, could be anyone. I mean, that's the beauty of this is that we get to explore everything on a different platform. I mean, it's just taking these experiences and breaking them down and dissecting them and, and taking everything down to its last compound and simplifying it. It just makes life more easier. It, it, it we're, it's something that we think is a problem, something that we think is huge, but really, it's it's nothing, you know. Um, which leads us to uh, what we're gonna uh, talk about on episode three. Uh, we're dubbing this episode uh, episode three, lucky three, <laughs> um, children's book for adults. 
And uh, this book was recommended. Um, you guys are going to probably hear this frequently, but <laughs> I'm a huge fan of Jordan Peterson. <laughs> if you guys don't know who he is, yeah, I'd I advise know. you to check him out. Um, this dude is amazing. He's like, uh, you know, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, where we're from, there's not too, there's not too many positive role models, and uh, no, not really. So you know, you gotta, you gotta, you know, if you're a truth seeker, you're gonna seek, seek it out, and um, because of the internet and, and social media and YouTube and Facebook, there's um, amongst all the garbage that's out there, there's some brilliant people. Brilliant. By garbage, we mean distractions. Yeah, distractions. People that are just basically saying a whole lot of nothing. And, uh, you know, everybody looks the same. Everybody's talking the same. Everybody's hijacking the same quotes and, you know, trying to rework them like they're theirs. Like, I'm never going to say a quote and not give credit to where I heard it from because I don't work, I don't move like that. Um, if there's one thing that we do here, we traffic in the truth. That's what we do. We traffic in the truth and we talk shit. And that's where we're good at. <laughs> and so that's why, uh, you know, I, I thought we, we might have a chance at doing this because we're trafficking the truth and we talk shit. So I'm going to talk my shit and, uh, you know, hopefully it resonates with you. It's not to be, it's to be constructive, you know, but, you know, we're not going to sugarcoat it. We're, we're grown and, you know, we're not children. Uh, at least, you know, most of us are. And I, I hope the majority of our audience is not children because shame on us and shame on your parents. But. Um, you know, we're all old enough and uh, to be able to take the harsh truth, you can't sugarcoat everything for the rest of your life. Uh, uh, there's this primor primordial uh, brick wall that if you're lucky in life, you will experience. Um, I know a lot of times uh, we tend to want to secure the people that we love or, you know, from things happening to them in life. And even though that's honorable, Sometimes you have to let a motherfucker crash into a brick wall so that he can really sit there while the birds are flying around his head and think like, whoa. And sometimes you won't know, you won't even see or realize that wall is there until you're, until you're in your 40s. And, you know, I'm just speaking on myself. And some, sometimes it takes that other person to show you that, hey, that wall, that fucking wall is there, dude. And, you know, and in uh, Jesse's famous words, you know, he always tells me, stop being a pussy. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> pretty much. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, it's an, and it's out of love, you know? It's yeah. out of love. Uh, Jess is my biggest fan, by the way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, if, if I, if David believed in himself like I believe in him, this motherfucker would be the next. <laughs> well, I won't even compare him because there's nobody like him. He's just weird oh, God. in his own lane. And that's a beautiful thing. <laughs> and crazy. I'm weird in my own lane. And that's what we want to, you know, uh, promote. Be weird in your own goddamn lane because there ain't nobody else like you. You know what I mean? So, you know, talk your shit, live your truths. And you know what I mean? Just fucking have a passion for life, you know? And the truth self set you free. Yeah. Have a passion for life. Um, and uh, so anyways, we're going to dub this, uh, like I said, uh, episode three, children's book for adults. So tell us more about that. So yeah, like I said, uh, you know, going back to Jordan Peterson thing, it's one of uh, the people that I listen to all the time. I mean, this person is, God, he, he's played a bigger role in, in, in my development than uh, religion has, than, you know, my own parents have, than uh, my community has, like. He really breaks shit down where you could understand it. I mean, at least it worked for me. And, you know, because of his massive success, if you take the chance to, you know, Google him and follow him and listen to some of the stuff that he has up on YouTube, 
it's like he's speaking to a generation that was thirsty for this. He he has videos out there that I had no idea that I needed, that I was in lack of. Like, there's videos of his that I've listened to that have wrecked me. And, you know, put me in the fetal position in tears. And then there's some other ones that uplift me and make me feel like I can fucking take on the world, you know. And so, um, like I said... I'm always going to give credit. I'm never going to pretend this shit's mine. Uh, <laughs> it's not. You know what I mean? It's like I, you know, anybody that tries to say that they're originals and that they came up with something, listen, every, we've been along, the vocabulary's been along for, for too long for you to take credit off something else. I yeah. mean, I hear a lot of people taking quotes from, you know, stoic quotes and, you know, trying to rebrand them as if it's theirs. That, that's fine. Good job. But I know what you're up to. <laughs> I know well, what you're I up mean, to. Every, everything is like, you know, that, that type of development for you is, is growth. Yeah. And that's growth based off of something that's been done before. And I'm sure there's something has been done similar to Jordan Peterson. Maybe not the same way. But that goes to show you that every single thing in this world has been done. Every single thing has been created. Every single thing has been developed into something. But it, you know, what we're trying to tell people is... It hasn't been done by you yet. Absolutely. It hasn't been done by us. And that's what we want to do is bring this new, bring this new like live, um, you know, type of, you know, information and, and awakening for everybody. So, uh, you know, I'll let you. Uh, yeah. So I'm going to get started here on this book. Uh, the book I'm going to share with you guys, it's a very small book. Like I said, it's a children's book. What's the title? Um, it's by Jack Kent. And the title is There's No Such Thing as a Dragon. And the cover, just to let you guys know, the cover is a, it's just a house. It's a yellow house with a brown roof and a little kid peeking out the window of the front, uh, of the second floor. And there's a dragon asleep. The tail is uh, coming out, pointing the, out the back mm -hmm. and his head is uh, coming out through the front and he's asleep. So. More like spilling out. Yeah, more like spilling yeah. out. Yeah. The guy just doesn't fit. <laughs> so uh, we're going to go through this, you know what I mean? I hope I don't lose you because it's a children's book, but... I wanted to give you something that maybe you're capable of grasping. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, when he shared this with me, yeah. I was like, "What the fuck?" I mean, and it's it's no knock on, on anybody's intelligence. Uh, when I first read it, I I thought it was about a dragon, and it's definitely not. You know, as uh, uh, you know, Doctor Peterson explained it, and I just thought it would be a, a fun way to kind of also show how there could be gems in it found in anything, even a children's book, and so. Let me get into it, and then, you know, we'll kind of go ahead and unpack it and uh, have, uh, you know, a little dialogue between right. me and David, uh, what we think, uh, you know, what he missed the first time and, you know, what he thought of it the first time that I read it to him. Exactly. And, um, hopefully, at some point, uh, you can, you know, have the dialogue with yourself and think, see what you thought of it. So, here we go. Um, Billy Bixby uh, was rather surprised when he woke up one morning and found a dragon in his room. Uh, it was a small dragon about the size of a kitten. Feel like I'm in a library right now. <laughs> uh, the dragon wagged its tail happily when Billy patted its head. Billy went downstairs to tell his mother, there's no such thing as a dragon, said Billy's mother. And she said it like she meant it. Billy went back to his room and began to dress. The dragon came close to Billy and wagged its tail. But Billy didn't pat it. If there's no such thing as something, it's silly to pat it on the head. Billy washed his face and hands and went down to breakfast. The dragon went along. It was bigger now, almost the size of a dog. Billy sat down at the table. 
The dragon sat down on the table. This sort of thing was not usually permitted, but there wasn't much Billy's mother could do about it. She had already said there was no such thing as a dragon. And if there's no such thing, you can't tell it to get down off the table. Mother made some pancakes for Billy, but the dragon ate them all. Mother made some more, but the dragon ate those too. Mother kept making pancakes until she ran out of batter. Billy only got one of them, but he said that's all that he really wanted anyway. Billy went upstairs to brush his teeth. Mother started clearing the table. The dragon, who was quite as big as Mother by this time, made himself comfortable on the hall rug and went to sleep. By the time Billy came back downstairs, the dragon had grown so much he filled the hall. Billy had to go around by way of the living room to get to where his mother was. I didn't know dragons grew so fast, said Billy. There's no such thing as a dragon, said Mother firmly. Cleaning the downstairs took Mother all morning what with the dragon in the way and having to climb in and out the window to get from room to room. By noon, the dragon filled the house. Its head hung out the front door, its tail hung out the back door, and there wasn't room in the house that didn't have some part of the dragon in it. When the dragon awoke from his nap, he was hungry. A barrier truck went by. The smell of the fresh bread was more than the dragon could resist. The dragon ran down the street after the bakery truck. The house went along, of course, like the shell of a snail. The mailman was just coming up the path with some mail for Bigsby's, for the Bigsby's, uh, when their house rushed past him and headed down the street. He chased the Bigsby's house for a few blocks, but he couldn't catch it. When Mr. Bigsby came home for lunch, the first thing he noticed was that the house was gone. Luckily, one of the neighbors was able to tell him which way it went. Mr. Bigsby got in the car and went looking for the house. He studied all the houses as he drove along. Finally, he saw one that looked familiar. Billy and Mrs. Bigsby were waving from the upstairs window. Mr. Bigsby climbed over the dragon's head onto the porch roof and through the upstairs window. How did this happen, Mr. Bigsby asked. It was the dragon, said Billy. There's no such thing, Mother started to say. There is a dragon, Billy insisted, a very big dragon and Billy patted the dragon on the head. The dragon wagged its tail happily. Then, even faster than it had grown, the dragon started getting smaller. Soon it was the size of a kitten. I don't mind a dragon this size, said Mother. Why did it have to grow so big? I'm not sure, said Billy, but I think it just wanted to be noticed. <laughs> So, very interesting. There it is. Very short story. Um, the first time I read it to you, Dave. I believe I said, what did I say? I asked you, um, what do you think this book is about? Yeah. And you said what I said the first time that I read it. Um, well, let me correct that. Right. That's not true. Because I had already, mm. I had already heard it read and I had already heard the meaning on uh, Dr. Jordan's mm -hmm. podcast and I knew what it went because he explained it to his mm -hmm. class in mm -hmm. one of his lessons. 
So, like I said, we're gonna we're gonna come correct here. We're trafficking yeah. the truth. So I'm not gonna. I think I said Billy was a problem or something, or Billy was the dragon, or thought he was a dragon. Yeah, yeah, you said yeah, something, along something, like, something along those lines. And I was like, wait a minute, uh, I think he he he's a dragon. No. Uh, so what the dragon ends up being in this uh, particular um, story mm-hmm. is a problem. That's right. And if you remember the beginning of the story. Um, Billy vocalized to his mother that there was a dragon. And she said there was no such thing as dragons. And so if the dragon is a problem, she was saying that there was no such problem. That's basically the narrative that she started with. Um, As the the story progresses and the dragon keeps getting bigger, it's clear to see that the more... Uh, that Billy tries to emphasize that there's an issue and there's a problem and there's something that she should address. The fact that she keeps denying that there's a problem um, only causes it to get bigger. Um, At some point, (laughs) the dragon gets as big as the house and he, he takes off with the house. And so it obviously got so big of a problem that it destroyed the house and took it with him. And so, even though it's a children's book, if you really think about the narrative of the story and and capture it, how many of us grew up in a home where we knew there was problems and they never got addressed? They would lead to arguments, they would, lead to, they would lead to people having the same conversation about the same problem. But nothing ever happened. How many of us were five years old when we first noticed something like this in our own homes? I did. I mean, my my father was really a machismo, you know. Yeah. He, wouldn't, he wouldn't listen to my mom, see what she says. And, you know, if something went down, if it, if it was something that he thought and it was a problem or it was an issue, it was an issue. Everybody better be focused on that, or you're gonna get your ass beat. Yeah, simple as that. And it's just we people were too scared to address that problem. So what happened? It became bigger. Like that story apparently made more sense as you you know as you begin to describe it. When you corrected me, you told me that the dragon was the problem. It was, it was the problem that was emphasized as something. Hey, it's not being addressed. Oh no, it's not there. It's we're pretending the problem is not there, but. In all actuality, it's getting bigger. And I think what's important to um, capture here is that the reason they probably used a dragon is because, as we know, a dragon is this big mythical creature that has the power to blow fire through its mouth and basically destroy anything in its path. It's fictitious. It's large. It's it's impactful. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's very scary. Yeah, the kids. So it's going to get their attention. It's going to get their attention. And, um, you know, just looking at it through the eyes of a child that has a great imagination, um, it just makes a lot of sense that it would be described as a dragon. Um, so when, when I first uh, seen the podcast and he was explaining this story to his uh, college class, it was a lecture that he was giving in class. Uh, this was one of his first videos that he put up, and 
I just thought it was impactful because, uh, you know, you know, he's teaching this at a, at a college level. And I believe he's taught like at Harvard and some very, some very, very prestigious schools. So just for him to, you know, share this with them and then disseminate the meaning and for them to be taken back like I was taken back. And just think about that for a minute. We're privy enough to <laughs> watch lectures that have taken place at prestigious colleges for free. For free. Now we can watch a Takashi 6ix9ine video as well. <laughs> right? That's probably going to fucking be trending on your feet a lot harder, right? Oh, shit. I mean, I'm no knocks on Takashi. I mean, some of this shit was hot. You know what I mean? <laughs> Billy, Gummo, all that shit, oh, you know? <laughs> I've heard uh, one song, by the way. But, but uh, yeah, I mean, so, you know, just think, let's think, let's think about that for a second. You the, know? the thing that that immediately go, went back to is, uh, you know, friends, parents' houses, uh, things that I saw that were a problem, and, and just, just things that I noticed, and I noticed they didn't, they didn't address them. I, I had a friend, I had a friend, I'm not going to name him, but uh, he had a slight learning disability i mean we were in the same school we went to the same high school same middle school and all that stuff but had a disability and um which in the mexican culture we call that tontito but um he was uh you know he had he, he was slow he had a learning uh, disability and uh they didn't address it but you know what they did do they focus on what he was collecting every month. They focus on what he would get from that money. And mm. they focus on something entirely different, but not his disability. Yeah. I mean, he learned what he learned from us on the basketball court, on the street. Yeah. He picked up a lot of stuff. And now he works. He's great. He's fine. Yeah. He still collects disability. And he's disabled for the rest of his life. Right. But he has evolved just from being on the street, from something that could have been uh, addressed from his parents. I mean, just could have made a bigger impact. They could have actually used that money yeah. to get him some professional some medical anything. help or psychiatric help. Yeah. Or instead, yeah. yeah, instead he learned, uh, you know, he was learning how to shoot free throws with me, and he was yeah. learning how to take it to the hoop. Yeah. But I mean, he learned a lot of things out there. You know, just the 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 savvy on drugs, on guns, on gangs. You know, what to look for, what not to look for. The guy's a fucking survivor. Yeah. But, I mean, that's great and all. But think about what could have served him. As a, as, a, as a huge service at home from his parents, nonetheless. His dad worked 24 7. His mom just was home every day. And it was just, it, it was hurtful to see. There was nothing I could do, but it was something that I was aware of. And that's the first thing that this book reminded me of. Yeah. That's the first thing it took me to. I mean, the, 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 the level of the level of problems that this could address. I mean, this could address. address you know, somebody at home that has a drinking problem and he's in denial. Uh, this could address uh, somebody that has a drug problem and they're in denial. A spending problem. Uh, yeah, I mean, anything, a spending problem. Anything. I mean, uh, it could address somebody that's been diagnosed with uh, diabetes yeah. um, and ignores the diagnosis and continues to eat, you know, a dozen sweetbreads, you know, from La Perla Bakery <laughs> and continues to drink a two liter cokes like it's fucking water and, it's, liter, yeah. and it's going out of uh you know it's, it's going out of inventory i mean it's just a little shit 
Um, I mean, we there's there's so many comparisons that we can make, but I guess to bring it back, just sit with this for a minute. How would you interpret this story in your own narrative, in your own um, existence, and things that have happened in uh, your own house? Um, and like I said, it's 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 pretty insignificant. Maybe I lost you when I started reading a children's book. Um, but look at how much is in that. I mean, if you really start unpacking things and peeling back the layers, shit's deep. You know, yeah. sometimes we just overlook shit for, for you know, we label it and insignificant. But if we can learn, if we're, you know, taking away this much information and uh, diving so deep in a children's book, imagine what we could do if we actually got our act together and started having conversation as adults and really started addressing some things and started normalizing having conversations about real things that take place in our own homes and our own communities within our own family. Um, and we created a space to talk about it without it being taboo. Yeah. Um, this is all we are trying to do. This is all we are trying to, this is what we aspire to, um, that we have dialogue and that it's not embarrassing and that, you know, that you, you're not in fear that people are going to lash out at you for speaking out because you're leaking the family secrets yeah. or what's the family, what are people going to think about us? Like, fuck what people think about yeah. you. I mean, how about just fixing your own shit at home so that you guys could manage to get through a 20 minute dinner without fucking trying to <laughs> slice each other's fucking necks at the dinner table. How about that? How about that? You know, how about how about fuck what people think about you? That's the fucking problem. That's the problem. Yeah. It's appearances. It's appearances. That's what people care about. People ain't trying to solve no real fucking problems. No, no. They they, they want to come off like everything's great. Everything's kosher. Oh, my family's great. Listen. Fuck trying to waste the energy convincing people online that your family's great. Oh, that you're doing great. And reallocate that same energy that you invest every day on trying to convince people that you have a great life and actually reallocate that into actually having a great life. And you're going to see that once you actually have a great life, you're not going to have any wish or desire to convince <laughs> anybody of it because you're going to be too busy having a good life. Yeah. You don't, you can drop the facade. It's exhausting. It's exhausting. That's why you're so goddamn tired at the end of the day. Because you got to keep playing this act. Yeah, exactly. People that have lived through it, they see right through you. It's not working. You might be fooling a small percentage of people, but that's not the problem. You know, and, and this is just at a glance because, look, I'll be the first one to tell you, there's, I don't have time to focus on anybody else's pocket. I don't have a chance to focus on any, but what anybody else is right. I got so much shit I got to work on on my own. And when you, and when you start looking at another man's money, then that means that you're taking your focus off your own. So it's not advisable. And that applies to everything. Just get your family right. Don't don't worry about you know the the beautiful pictures that your girlfriend's putting up with with her family and, and, and her beautiful kids and everybody's wearing the same fucking Christmas sweater. and They're probably the most fucked up ones. You know? Who knows? May, maybe they're trying extra hard because shit's falling apart over there. You know? 
maybe right after that picture, you know, the fucking husband took off somewhere and she was fucking stuck at the kids with, with, at the mall and she had a fucking Uber home. And, you know, like, we don't know. But, you know, it's just fix shit at home. The sad and Yeah, the sad thing about it is, you know, fix things is, is, or start now. Just to start, even just one day, having conversations with yourself. That's where it starts. It starts with you internally, is looking at yourself. You know, before things go wrong, like, you know, I've seen friends and family where, where there's a death in the family, a grandma or a mom, and that's the only time family has gotten together and actually sat down and talked about their feelings and, and, and shared things with one another. And where, where brothers and sisters and uncles aren't afraid to share how they feel or what's been going on. It's been years since people have talked to one another. And it's sad that it has to come to that. It's really sad. People can't put aside their bullshit, their petty fucking arguments or whatever the fuck it is. They can't put that aside because it's, who knows, whatever issues they have going on with themselves, it, now look, now you're finally getting together because the, the matriarch of the family is dead. Let's remember we live in the United States, most of us in California that are probably listening to this, not in Egypt, so why in the fuck are we in denial? <laughs> right? Right? You see what I did there? <laughs> <laughs> But listen, man, we could we could we could joke about it because it doesn't have to be so serious. But you should maybe focus a little attention. Listen, don't stop trying to worry about what people are going to think. It's better that you focus all that energy. I mean, you're already burning this energy. Reallocate it into something that's going to serve purpose. Yeah. Reallocate it into your own family, into your own mess, into the issues that your parents probably weren't smart enough or, or weren't wise enough to address. Let's start breaking some, God, what's the word I'm looking for? It's slipping my mind. Um, Break some ground? No, no. Um, breaking the monotony? What, breaking? Give me a second, it's gonna come to Gosh, me. We always do this. <laughs> I, get a little, I get a little brain for it. Oh, let's start breaking some of the ancestral trauma. Ah, that, there we go. That we, uh, game by default you know the people before us didn't address it and so let's be that that generation that gets our shit in order and you know at least starts to address the problem the change at least starts a discussion maybe we won't be the generation that fixes it but maybe we start the discussion we plant that seed you know um, you gotta understand you know one thing about inheritance that a lot of people dismiss it's lovely when you know you do great and you're able to leave something for your kids, um, you know, whether it be money, whether it be property, whether it be businesses. But one thing no one ever discusses is all the fucked up ancestral trauma that they also, um, they also inherit. inherit. They also take over. Yeah, that they also inherit. That also comes along. That also comes along with everything else. And so, you know, what's what's all this material, you know, stuff going to do for them? Sure, it'll it'll at least, you know, maybe you know keep them afloat, um, you know, for a while, um, if they're smart enough to continue to manage it, like like you managed it <laughs> when you handed it off. I mean, but if you know, trauma only grows incrementally. So, chances are, if you were a little fucked up as a kid, your kids are going to be even a little bit more fucked up, and you know, it just keeps growing. It's, um, you know, 
call it traumatic inflation. It just continues to grow. Um, just like this dragon in the story, you know, the more you ignore it and the more you don't want to talk about it, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And if you notice at the end of the story, the beautiful twist about it, as soon as they acknowledged that the dragon was present, what started happening? The dragon immediately started getting smaller and yeah. it got right back into a kitten size, yeah. which, you know, gives us, you know, the view that it's something that's at least manageable now. Yeah. It's not the fucking, it's the problem is not the size of a dragon that's going to do away with your house. And there, believe me, there's been some dinners where I've sat with my own family <laughs> and, you know, we're fighting over this. We're, we're fighting over the most insignificant shit. Yeah. Shit that didn't matter. Shit that doesn't matter. But, but that's just the conversation around the dinner table fighting. That's the dragon. That's the dragon. <laughs> That's the dragon. You know, that, that reminds me of one thing that uh, after my divorce, uh, one thing I did and that I didn't realize I was doing was, it was, like you said, worrying about what other people think, worrying about social media and things like that. I went off the grid for years. And I started to notice how much time I was having, how much better I felt. And it was nothing. It was, in, it was insignificant about all the pressure about putting shit up and I fell off so, so great. I still haven't gone back on. And it's one of the things I get harped on the most from people. Well, you don't know what's going on. You're not on social media. You're like, motherfucker, you want to tell me something? Call me. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it's just, it was my choice to do that. And I, I consciously wasn't thinking about that. But in all actuality, I thought about all the, all the time that I had, all the time that I saved, how much better I felt about myself. And it helped me get through the divorce, get through everything. I'm, I'm, you know, people, including my ex-wife, wanted to see me face down in the dirt. Yeah. But what happened? I prevailed. Yeah. It was one of the littlest things that helped me, that helped me push through everything. Just made everything better. When, when no one knows anything, you know, I, I was free to do everything. We were just talking before we started recording, uh, just, um, you know, a couple of minutes before we uh, started recording this <laughs> podcast. And uh, Dave was telling me how hard parenting has been and you know um i i told him i said listen dave you gotta understand bro the fact that your dad wasn't around for you made you an amazing dad and he's talking about having conversation with how old is your youngest uh bash six okay he's talking about having adult <laughs> conversation with a six-year-old because you gotta understand it's not the age of the child it's the maturity of the child yeah and if he's asking deep questions and like you know, he's having trouble with, you know, the back and forth between mom's house and dad's house. And, you know, for you to say, well, he's six. I can't have this conversation with him. No. Yet. You're fooling yourself. Yeah. This kid's probably smarter than you. It started with movies. Like the yeah. guy, the kid has questions about everything, where they come from, where the aliens come from, where this came from. I mean, it came to the point where we watched YouTube movies of oranges, origins of characters and yeah. where they come from. But I had explained to him, hey, these are fictitious characters, but this is how they were written. And I had to go as far as that. I would get him books of the movies, of the making. And he's following my footsteps. I mean, he likes all that stuff. He loves art. And, and, and just the thing is, what boggles me is he questions everything. And I have to answer him like an adult because they're, they're so detailed. And I feel I, I owe that to him, and which led me to believe like, holy shit, I'm, I'm already starting to have adult conversations with this kid. Not only that. But you're doing something that you, you're completely glancing over. If you start dismissing his intuitive uh, 
curiosity and yeah. about him vocalizing things right now yeah. and you dismiss it, it's gonna you're gonna create an adult that believes that he shouldn't ask questions because ever since a child, whenever he had a curiosity about something, all that happened is that it got dismissed. Yeah. Exactly. Now you're gonna create a child that doesn't know how to speak up as an adult. Because exactly. of these patterns that that started as a, as, as a young child, yeah. as an adolescent, as an now it's it's going to go into adolescence yeah. as an adult. He's going to become married, and he's not going to want to vocalize to his wife what's bothering him because he's That's been taught a- he's <laughs> been taught since a kid to shut his fucking mouth because <laughs> no, your 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 curiosity and your questions are not valid. Yeah. So you're you're not just addressing it at the stage that he's at now, but you're addressing it. So that he can grow up knowing that his curiosity and his questions are valid. Yeah. And so that you're going to create a human being or a, an adult, I'm sorry, an adult that's very comfortable in being vocal and understands that if he has a, a curiosity about something, that it's very, very accepted for him to be yeah. vocal about it and ask it. And he should expect a, a, a response. Yeah. And, and, and that's the thing I... I experience these, these things. I experience these things, and whether it's in the morning or we're going to school or whatever, I briefly answer it and I cage it, and you know, I, I I don't close it off, but I spend the remainder of the week thinking about how I'm going to address it, how I'm going to have a conversation with it, and you know, just a bigger picture. It's something that I I worry and think about, but it's all for a good purpose. It, it main it like I'm preparing to have this conversation with my kid. Like it's it's a big deal to me, and I can't believe I'm doing that. That's it's crazy. By you but, addressing it at such a young age, he's going to be the type of adult that's not going to be scared to ask for a promotion, that's not going to be scared to ask for more money, yeah. that's not going to be scared to demand from his uh, you know, girlfriend or wife in the future what his expectations are, that's not going to be scared to set boundaries, and if people can't meet those boundaries, he's going to dismiss them. He's going to and he's going to know his worth. And so I know he's six. But that little kid's going to grow up. Yeah. We don't get younger. We get older. Yeah. And it happens sooner than you think. You know, you already have a daughter that's, you know. 20. 20. So, you know what I mean? How long ago were you just bouncing around your, on your knee Christ. just like your boards now, you know? But, <laughs> I mean, time flies, you know? Yeah. Time flies, you know? And, uh, yeah, that just, that it's just, it's just crazy how time flies and how, you know, how quickly things change. And that's why I was just, voc- I was vocalizing to Jesse while we were setting up. That Jesus, I can't believe I'm I'm gonna getting prepared to have these conversations with my six year old, but he's advanced. I mean, I have to, I, I owe it to him. I get, I gotta give that to him. I gotta give that to all my kids. And everything is different. Every child is different. Every upbringing is different. Every situation, a circumstance is unique in its own way. Therefore, you cannot prepare to be a parent. There is no preparation. There is no handbook. And I'm probably sounding redundant, but when it happens. That is the defining moment when you get into dad mode, when you get into mom mode. There is something that clicks inside you that's either going to help you make it or it's going to it's gonna put you up to learn extremely fast. And, uh, and uh, you know, one thing to keep in mind, too, is whatever way of learning or whatever way that you develop uh, with your, you know, parents or caretakers, whoever, you know, have the, the blessing of bringing you up. Um, and raising you, whatever style of love they taught you, that's going to be the same style of love that these kids are going to continue to operate on. Yeah. 
So it's important that we give them, you know, the comfort of opening up and being expressive and learning how to communicate, even at, at such a young age as six. Like I said, it's not about the age, it's about the level of maturity. Yeah. I mean, everybody knows that women mature a lot faster than men. That's a fact. And so for children, you know, don't dismiss it. There are some kids that inherently are just wiser and smarter and uh, more, you know, more intuitive, deeper and more intuitive in a spiritual level than their parents will ever be. And so you got to acknowledge everything for that. Um, You know, not everybody's the same. You know, some people are more advanced. And so, um, listen, you know, (laughs) this was number three. Um, It felt good. I hope it sounds good. I hope we address the issue about the echo and um, we're working on it. Yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed it. And uh, our yeah. little makeshift soundboard that we made is falling apart right now. So <laughs> I'm literally holding it with my hand right now. But I think uh, we're gonna go ahead and uh, you know say our uh, goodbyes and listen. We thank you so much for continuing this journey with us. Thank you, everyone. Uh, we're very excited, and we promise you we're gonna get better and bring you more content like this. And I hope this is short enough where you get a chance to listen to the episode from beginning to end, yeah. uh, whether you're on a bike ride, on a jog, whatever you're doing. Um, please recommend us if you like what we're talking about. Um, like I said, soon we're going to start a format where we pose three subjects and, uh, you know, based on the feedback that we get from you guys, we'll address that and tackle that as a community because it's what's been requested of us and we're here to serve you guys. So, uh, Dave, uh, you got anything to add before uh, we well, sign out? Uh, until then, uh, we'll give you more in episode four. Sounds good. I'll see you. <laughs> Neighbor Podcast number three. We're out. Out.